Good morning and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast. My name is Elsa Kepi and I'm here to talk about all sorts of things to do with relationships and intimacy. And today I thought we would touch on a, a topic around um, pleasure, but also power. So a couple of P words here and power play is something that I have noticed people at least in my area of the world, are still somewhat anxious about. So I want to just do a really basic like intro, like what is power play? How can we explore it within our relationships? What are the pros and cons? Like what might we, we learn from this? And, um, you know, how can we how can we start the conversation? So if you want to find out more about me, please do head over to my website, ailsakepi.com or pleasureforhealth.com you find out lots of ways that you can work with me, get in touch with me, and check out my other blogs and podcasts. So let's dive right in. What is power play in relationships and how can we explore intentional power dynamics within our relationship? Um, I figured that we should really start right at the beginning and define power and define play since that's what we're talking about. So I did a quick search online as we do and power is the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of other people or the course of events so we're talking about um, either surrendering that power so letting someone else direct or influence our behavior or the what we're going to do or taking hold of that power and you know being directive so within this context of power play within you know consensual power play in a relationship we're actually looking at this ability to direct what's going to happen or direct our behavior or the other person's behavior or to surrender to have our behavior directed so there, that's kind of an interesting thing to think about you might even want to see how your body feels about that just talking about it do you get kind of excited about the idea of directing your partner or a loved one, um, you know, it's something that we do in our relationships anyway. I would say as a parent, you know, we direct our kids to do certain things, um, wash the dishes or take the garbage out, all sorts of things. Um, we take the power to direct. Um, we When we put that idea along with the word play, which when I looked up the word play, it's like to engage in an activity for enjoyment or recreation rather than a serious or practical purpose. So instead of directing someone to, you know, wash the dishes because the dishes need to get washed, maybe it's something more playful like, hey, how about you walk like a chicken while I, you know, watch you? Um, that could be a directive thing that was more, you know, didn't really have so much to do with anything practical. So I think it's it's interesting here to look at putting those two words together. So we're being directive or we're being directed and, you know, it's around play. So it's something that doesn't necessarily have, you know, a serious overtone. We're not sitting down to talk about finances. We're not um, arranging who's picking up the kids from hockey practice. You know, um, all of those kind of practical things we do in our relationship it's kind of fun and freeing to say, let's not do that right now. Let's actually do like play. An adult play, you know, is about kind of 
finding the fun in our relationship. So the first thing I would say, and, and what I've found too, is that power play in your relationship can be a way to bring fun back into your relationship, how to, you know, do something that you don't normally get to do. And honestly, that's a, a really great way of keeping the spark in your relationship, keeping the fun and enjoyment there, because it's outside of our normal um, practical life. So now that we've defined power and play, um, you know, when we put it together, I think that one of the main things that comes up when we talk about putting power play or exploring power play in our intimate relationships is, of course, communication. This comes up a lot. And, you know, it's even more important or it will even show up any flaws in your communication process with your uh, loved one. If, you know, as you start to talk about power play with your partner, then, you know, it will bring up any flaws in your communication. Let's say, you know, you kind of want to explore being in control of your partner and you're like, well, this would be kind of fun to be a. Uh, you know, dominating my partner to be telling them what to do um, or to be ordering them to do what I want them to do, somehow to be in, in the power role. First of all, we kind of have to ask ourselves too, am I comfortable in that role? Like, what is that for me? Do I act out the power role often in my life, in my workplace and, you know, um, in general, in my friendships? Am I often the one in control or am I feeling powerless in some of the other areas in my life and I really want to have a place where I can actually exert control? And it might be as a play. It might be for fun. Um, vice versa, a lot of times, um, you know, top CEOs, people that are in power positions in their life often want to surrender and get to be in the, you know, the, the, uh, submissive role in a in an intimate relationship because they're you know it's it's tiring being in the power role all the time and it can actually be very um draining if you're not used to it to be in that power role because when you're in a power position you know whether it's being ceo of a company or a manager or in the bedroom and you're in the, the dominant role you know you have to create a lot of what's going to happen you have you're in control of what you're directing the other person to do and you have to keep in mind you know what the other person wants or doesn't want or what their boundaries are you have to create something that you're both going to enjoy it's a lot of responsibility and if you're head of a company you're doing that all the time you're trying to keep all your employees happy you're trying to you know keep all the company running you've got to keep a lot of things on the go so for those types of people that are in power in their lives, they may want to submit and be submissive in their personal relationship and just let go and be like, you decide what we're going to do now. I just want to follow orders. I want to have fun. I want to play with you, but I don't want to have to control and be thinking about all the things. So there's one benefit there is that we sometimes can um, explore the opposite of what we might do in our everyday lives. So, if you find that you're typically kind of submissive, you go to work, you do what you're told, maybe it's kind of fun to think about, I want to be in control here. I want to order someone else around or I want to, you know, decide what's going to happen here. 
So first of all, figuring out the communication pieces, figuring out, you know, wh what role you f feel confident and happy to, to step into, you might enjoy both of those roles. It's probably difficult to go back and forth too quickly. It's, it's helpful to kind of step into one role and agree to stay in those roles, at least for a set amount of time and then renegotiate perhaps changing roles. It can be difficult to go back and forth because we just end up um, falling into our old, our old relationship patterns or our habitual relationship patterns, which might be counterproductive to the fun of the play part of it. So first of all, to, to communicate, we want to think about, you know, what role we want to play. What is our fantasy? What is our idea of what we would like to happen? How can we talk about this with our partner? And talking about it is an, is an extremely important part of power in relationships. If you want it to work out well, you have to be willing to talk about it. Um, you know, to negotiate what's happening. What are your boundaries? Where do you, you know, what are you comfortable with? How long are we going to play for? You know, um, what props do you need? What do you want me to be aware of? Like all of these things need to be talked about so that you can actually create a pleasurable and fun scene. And it, it becomes a little bit of play, uh, role playing sometimes, or, you know, stepping into a, a role that you may not necessarily always do. So you have to be willing to go there and you have to be willing to acknowledge what it is you want to happen and to be clear about that. And so finding out what you want, sometimes this can be a, a solo practice on your own, a journaling thing, um, a just a getting in touch with your own self. What is it that I want to experience in this, you know, container? Maybe you set aside an hour, uh, you know, to play with your partner and you're like, okay, this is gonna be an hour long. What do I wanna happen in this hour? Um, you know, ideally, how does this progress? What are the, you know, how are we going to set this whole scene up? And then we have to actually be able to say that to our partner. Um, I actually use a prop sometimes with clients. I'll have them write out what it is that their ideal interaction would go like this particular time. And then I get their partner to also fill that out as well separately. So you write down what you would like, and then we exchange those ideals and we talk about it. Where are the crossing over points? What, okay, I'd like to be in control and, you know, see you do X, Y, and Z, and you would like to surrender and have me do X, Y, and Z to you. Great. Now we have an overlap. Now we can kind of create a scene where we're both getting something of what we want. So we have to create, you know, know what we want and be able to talk about it. And then make sure that we understand each other. So if somebody says, I don't like this particular action, you know, please don't do this. Um, we have to make sure we understand where their boundaries are and that we respect their boundaries. So, you know, this brings up a really important point is that this kind of power play requires a lot of trust and love in a relationship. So it's not something that would be that easy to um, 
engage in with just anybody or a one night stand or, you know, even a new relationship, this might be tricky to negotiate unless you are really good at communicating and you already know what you like and don't like, and you're sure that your partner does too. So when one person is experienced in this type of power play and in communicating and the other one isn't that that's already a power dynamic there. So one person is experienced and one person is not, um, we need to actually have how, you know, how, how can we negotiate so that you have a chance to explore as a beginner, right? So if you're playing with someone more experienced, you don't want to be, um, feeling, um, ashamed that you don't know anything and therefore you don't say what you really need and want. So it's, it's a whole, it's a whole dynamic here that we need to work on. So we have, we figure out where, what we're comfortable with and we trust the person to listen to us. We love this person. We want to make the scene good for both of us, for, you know, anybody who's involved. This is not about abuse. This is not about somebody deciding I want this and this and this to happen. And I don't care what you want. It's actually not about that at all. This is about play. We want this to be fun and pleasurable for everyone. So let's talk about and decide how we can make that happen. And, you know, it really doesn't have to include very much, um, you know, fancy props or toys or costumes or anything. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, power play, it's going to be, you know, we have to buy all this furniture or equipment or whatever. It actually doesn't require much of that at all. In fact, very subtle things can be infused with the power dynamic that you want to explore and that you may not necessarily explore. One of my teachers actually said, uh, and I think this is a great idea, I do this as well, is to, you know, to talk about making your partner a cup of tea can be the entire scene. And that may not sound very sexy or romantic, but it's a good way to start because, you know, first of all, if you are in the power role, can you ask clearly for what you want? And I'll give you an example with the tea. It would be something like, I want a cup of tea in my favorite red mug with uh, the hot water poured up to one centimeter from the top. And then I want a little dash of cream put in it. I'd like it on a saucer and I'd like it brought to me with a spoon so I can stir it when you get here. That's a really specific ask. This is how I want it. And whether it's a cup of tea or whether it's something much more intimate, the, the method of asking is the same. We want to be able to ask really clearly for what we want. And then it's interesting for your partner, for the other person to listen, to really have to listen to that command and see if they can please you, see if they can, you know, do that the way that you asked. And if you find yourself rebelling and, and you know, oh, it doesn't matter. You should just be happy with whatever cup I brought it. I'd took the blue mug because that's the one, the red one was dirty or whatever. This is not really listening to your partner. So even just to, to ask for a simple cup of tea and to be in that role of asking, you ask clearly as a command, not, well, could you make me a cup of tea? And you know how I like it. And, you know, and then when they bring the wrong cup, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I suppose it's good enough. That's not what a, a person who's in the dominant role would necessarily do. They'd be like, this is not, this is not what I asked for. 
could you please go and put it in the right cup and then bring it back, right? So this could be a whole dynamic that you explore and really being clear and being nice and kind. You don't have to, you don't have to be mean, but you could be like, that's not, you know, this is not the cup I asked for. I would really like it in the blue cup. Could you please go back and change that for me? You know, and trying to figure out if you can actually ask clearly and stick to what you asked for can be quite challenging for some people that don't normally um, spend much of their normal life in that in that role of being dominant. And so, you know, this is interesting to bring up and maybe your partner really hates doing what you, what they're being asked to do. So they're kind of bratty, right? We call it in kink uh, being a brat potentially, and they kind of act out. They don't want to do what you said. And then, you know, you can decide how you deal with that. Do you get, you know, do they get punished? <laughs> do you continue the scene or do you play or do you ask them to do it again? Or, you know, all of those things. I, and if somebody actively refuses to do what you're asking, you might have to say, hang on a second, let's pause the scene here. And what is the issue? You know, why are you not able to do what I'm asking? Perhaps your partner realizes that they have a problem with authority and it may bring up something for them to look at. They don't like being told what to do. And that's perfectly fine, but then don't agree to play, do a power play in the submissive role. You hate being told what to do, right? So if you're not able to step into that role, and maybe it's a role that you would like to be able to step into, but it's difficult for you. And sometimes either role can be hard. So, you know, you may want to enlist the help of a professional, whether it's a psychologist or whether it's a, you know, sexological body worker or a surrogate partner or a sex coach, there's lots of ways that you might um, find someone that could help you to become able to step into either of those roles that may not be the norm, norm for you. And some people are just always really good at one role and cannot be in the other role. And that's all also okay. I think this is about knowing ourselves, knowing our partner and how we can play together. So those are some, you know, those really subtle things can, you know, a simple command like that can be the whole scene, a tone of voice, you know, a way that you look at your partner. Um, you know, you just have to think about all relationships we have and you can start seeing the power dynamics happening all the time. It's not like we are normally not involved in power play and then all of a sudden in the bedroom we want to decide to do power plays we're in power plays all the time all of our relationships have these power dynamics inherently involved very rarely are we um you know in a in a neutral enlightened kind of state where we're both sitting down and we have a very uh, kind of neutral, enlightened conversation. I've very rarely seen that. There's almost always power plays involved. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're kind of, it's kind of brings the spark. So sometimes there, when people talk about, oh, I didn't feel something with this person. I didn't feel the electricity. I didn't feel the energy, um, you know, flirting. It's all power plays in a certain way that we've agreed to do. So use that to your advantage with your partner to explore and and look at you know things about yourself that you may not have known or things about your partner that you may not have known are you willing to open up and and explore and so that's what play brings to our relationships is we can get out of our serious habitual stuff and we can actually try something new 
So if that um, gives you some exciting things to think about going into 2023, maybe you want to try it out. Um, I also um, highly recommend that if you struggle with any of these concepts that you perhaps look into working with a counselor or psychologist just to look at what is coming up for you when you um, engage in this type of power play where you overcome in your own power you know growing up such that it's really hard for you to step into that submissive role you know uh it's hard for you to be um in the power role in the up power position because somehow you feel that that's wrong or a horrible place to be or makes you the bad guy you know these are some of the, the deep things that can come up with this kind of play so please do make sure you are resourced that you have some places to debrief about what comes up for you and that um, if you want help with that um, as a somatic sex educator i'm very aware of a lot of these um, dynamics and happy to explore with you you can as i said check me out um, check out my work check out how you can get involved on pleasureforhealth.com Again, that's www.pleasureforhealth, all small letters, .com. And um, I would love to be able to guide you more into some of this. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and I will chat to you all soon. This is Ilsa signing off.